Well, hello there. How's it going, guys? Sorry, long time no chat. I've just been very busy with life and work. Uh, welcome to Jack Mark Chats. I'm your host. Of course, who else would it be? Who else would name their podcast after themselves? It's Jack Mac. Hey, how we doing? How? Um, it's been a while. Yeah, I've just been kind of busy. I was busy with my live show, Rascal Comedy Live. And that really took a lot of my energy up. I was getting ready for it, prepping, material, lineup. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, yeah, I was putting a lot of effort into it. And then we had it there last Sunday. And it was a hit, thank God. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Rascal Comedy, I, have, I haven't actually really spoke about it on the podcast. I think my next episode will be about that. It'll be about how I came up with the idea. Because uh, it's online. It's the online show that I bring comedians on and we have a bit of a chat. And then they do like a minute to maybe a minute and a half of material. And then my friend Kyle got some spots in the Workman's in Dublin and was like, hey, do you want to do it live? So it went very well. I'm going to be honest, there was one bit where I brought the comedians on stage in the Workman's and I wasn't sure if it was going to work because we had to social distance the comedians when we were having a chat. So I had three comedians on. I had Betsy Spear, Amy Walsh and Jack Horrigan. And... I think the first two or three minutes was a bit awkward. We were kind of, you know, new to the whole situation, especially like we, like a lot of the comedians hadn't been on stage since lockdown. But it went very, 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 very well. So I'm absolutely over the moon. We're already in talks for more, more live shows. And I've got the online show as well every Monday. So you can check that out. If you've nothing better for doing, if you're if you're craving some comedy, you're like Jesus. Do you know what? I'll turn on the old Facebook or on the old YouTube and I'll watch Rascal Comedy. It'd be great. He's got some of the best acts around. Like massive big shout out to five comedians from Cork got the bus up to see Rascal Comedy show. Fair play to you. I'm definitely having you guys on the show. That's brilliant. Anyway, we're not here for Rascal Comedy. We're here for podcasting. God damn it, Jack. Stay focused. That's probably my one of my biggest problems is staying focused and concentration. They're not my strong suits. So I've got a great episode for you guys today. I mentioned Jack Horrigan was on stage with me on Sunday. He's on the podcast this week because he's just a very funny guy. Jack is a comedian I met about last year on the circuit. Straight away, I thought this guy was so funny. Like, he's he's a bit wild. He's a bit of a mad fella. He likes to rant. It's it's interesting seeing how his brain works. Like, he comes out with some crazy stuff. He's got his own podcast called Safe Topics, and it's hilarious. And he, he just presses play and kind of goes off on a, a mad one. I was listening to it there the last day, and I was like, I need to get this, this Jack Horrigan fella on my podcast. So, yeah, I invited him on. Again, he was in Galway and I was in Dublin, so it was just over the phone. But we had a good chat. We had a great chat, so I'm not going to raffle, raffle? Not going to waffle on much longer. I'm going to let you listen to it. So here is my chat with Jack Corrigan. What's the crack, man? How are you getting on? 
Good to good to hear your voice. Yeah, we got there, boy. We got to there. Yeah, we had some a uh, few technical issues, but listen, we're here now. All part of it. How are you? How's the? What are you up to? Oh got man, the last few days now, the extent of it is just feeling sorry for myself. I'm having war with the wisdom teeth, but other than that, really, yeah, it's it's very bad. <laughs> I I still haven't got like they haven't popped up. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I don't have them or something. I uh the the one that hurt me, I got um literally like a year and five months ago. She said to me that is gonna be a problem, and I was like, all right, and then it just didn't hurt until recently, so I just didn't do nothing, and uh. Now it's just now I'm paying the price. I had more than enough warning. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking bad, man. Really? Is it really painful? Yeah. Like, I, I'm actually, like, even as I'm responding to it, like, honestly, I'm embarrassed of my genuine reaction. Like, I actually feel like how much it's breaking me. Like, just keel though. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. I don't want to make it like, make this sad or something or give a name. Like, I don't know. I'm laughing at you it. Don't, too, you don't want too much pity. It is very sore. Yeah. And, like, don't you think... Like these teeth, like back in the caveman days, when they were coming. Well, what's the purpose? Like we have enough teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I actually, I did think of shit like this. I was like, what, what would someone have done with this problem even like a hundred years ago? I was thinking, like, what the fuck would you do? I always think of those. Like, what do they do? Like, I was thinking at work, you know, when we're filing stock. What do they do before computers? Do they just write everything down in paper? I'd say I'd say there was somebody, yeah, who was just like you know dreaming of price lists at home, like just head fried from keeping all that. Or like, did we have these teeth when we were like apes? And if you got some of your teeth knocked out, we goes, well, at least a few more will grow in my thirties. <laughs> who knows, man? <laughs> That's a thought, though. You can get lost in that if you're not careful. Exactly. That's why I have you on. Like, these are the stuff I want to talk to you about. Like, Joe Rogan shit. Yeah, DMT realm, etc. Because uh, I've been listening to your podcast. Um, what's it called again? What's, what's... Uh, Safe Topics. Exactly. And what, right. I love, what I love about it is, so, like, you literally just press record and you just go. Pretty much, yeah. I'll throw down a few things during the week, go into my notes on my phone. I usually, like... The weeks I feel better, I just have something like episode X and like a few topics written down. But majority of the time, like 60% of it, I'm just monkey barring through thoughts. I'll start talking about one thing and remember another and just shoot the shit, really. I'm trying to set up a bit. Like, I, I'm not like promoting that as the best way to go about podcasting, but you've obviously seen me do stand up. I want to have all my random recollections and shit on the podcast and then just like. I don't know, it's like bartering with myself. Yeah. Doing like a solid like set as opposed to a brand new ramble each time. Well, I think podcasting, you have the time and the flexibility to that. While when you're on stage, I feel like you're demanding people's time more. So you have to kind of have it more punchy or have it a bit more. That's it. Exactly, man. Well defined. You're like, yeah, I'm, I've. It swings both ways as well. You've probably seen like me at some point, like be happy with something I've recalled that moment and done. But when that goes wrong, it's fucking. You just feel dumber than if you had prepared and done something solid. Like, um, it's it's stupid really because I do write a lot. Like, and I write stuff for stage, and then the excitement of that afternoon will just make me throw that away and then riff on something. And then afterwards, a lot of the time, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, it wasn't worth. Yeah. 
the excitement that I thought it was. I can I completely understand. You have a nice bit. You're like, oh my god, this is probably the best joke I've ever wrote. I want to do it tonight. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then part of me is like, but that's you need it needs more legs or it, like it needs more. You need to play with it more. It's not ready. But I'm like, mm, but I I think it's good. Absolutely. There's a there's a million and one of those thoughts that go through each yeah. brain something new. Um. So I don't know. I'm trying to build a wall. That's what that podcast is. Trying to put a wall in between the two so that I can compromise. Really, like all my all my random recollections, stories, and whatever over the podcast. And then you know, you you'll see on the twenty third anyway. <laughs> yeah, new stuff would be like. Yes, just let the listeners know that. Uh, so well, I'll, I'll obviously plug this before you come on. But Rascal Comedy Jack is one of the lovely comedians I have on the lineup. Very excited to have you on, sir. It's going to be a hoot. It's a, as if stand-up itself, I keep saying this, but as if stand-up uh, itself isn't a unique enough occurrence these days, but you have a unique format too, don't you? Yeah, I just thought I'd mix it up um, because I, you know, you go to these clubs sometimes or like when I was in London, there was the open mic night called the Cavendish Arms and I think over 25 comedians would go get up on stage and do five minutes. 20 to 25 you could be there for three hours and you just don't really know anything about them like they just kind of get up and do the material and then they go so when i was doing the rascal comedy the idea was oh i'd love to let these because nobody knows who these comedians are if we can let people know oh hey this is blah blah he's from galway yeah he's from from mayo and he does this and and yeah and let them talk Especially feel like somebody that might benefit from that because I might. It's almost like a second swing if you get me. Like you know, if you have the if your set is like the chance to make one impression, your set might like land the way you want, but you, there might be people still there that would overall appreciate what you're doing. Um, so yeah, if your likeness or whatever that might be like a second swing if you get me at the yeah. <laughs> or if, if they didn't they get to know you because like. Exactly, like they mightn't uh, be big, like they mightn't love the set you've done, but they're like, all right, and then figure out that like that's probably what they like least out of all your sets, and then yeah, second bite of the cherry even would be the <laughs> what's yeah, that in a way, yeah, because um even if they kind of get to know you or it's kind of like um yeah, just kind of to set that comedian up, they'll be more connected to you, absolutely, because they know more about you. That's it, man. Like when we go see Bill Burr. Well, we don't, I don't see Bill Burr, but when I see Bill Burr, like, on Netflix, I know so much about Bill. Yeah, that's actually, that serves, like, that serves, um, how do I say, it's like a reference for where they're coming from with the joke, do you get me? There's almost, like, something else. Exactly. Like, yeah, once you know if you've seen people in interviews or something, the jokes hit different once you have their, um, their personality, I guess, to measure off. Yeah. Or you kind of, yeah, you have, the more time you spend with them, the more you get to know them. So then when they do kind of crazy things, you're like, ah, ah, such a Bill Burr thing to do, isn't it? Uh Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I actually think, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a a hit. I think so. We just have to keep, I think pitching it to people, they're still a bit like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. So I'm still... We've got to we've got to show them on the twenty third. We've got to go. This is going to be just something quite crazy and new. I know we haven't done stand up in so long. Trust me, 
on this one? Yeah, I I really uh even if you give like I mean everybody gives like this grace period, but I actually don't even think you need I think the, the conversations that make it all I don't know, it'll bridge the gap a bit further between who's on stage and off stage. That'll definitely like lower whatever pressure there might be or something. Especially when we're all going back after such a, a gap, like um I think the, the interviews will complement the sets perfect. <laughs> I think so. I hope so. Um yeah, I think it'd be I think it'll be fun. I'm thinking so the way we're gonna structure it, I'll come on, I'll warm up the audience, and then I'm gonna bring on three comedians and but the first half will be you guys sitting down, having a laugh, having a chat, and then one by one you'll get up, but as soon as you get up, we'll leave the stage. So then you have the whole stage to yourself. All right. Yeah, that might be I mean, the only thing I was thinking might be a small thing is if like, you know what I mean? We're obviously going to be like paying attention or distracted at least by somebody sitting to like your left or right, especially if it's a comedian, you know, and you're going <laughs> to. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be like looking at you're on stage and they're looking at my reaction of what you're saying. Cause that we want the spotlight to be on you. That's yeah, exactly. Actually the, the comedians that aren't performing would unintentionally or not hijack the attention. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Because sometimes, like, I feel like laughter is the last thing to happen. Do yeah. You see a comedian and, like, like Stuart Lee, for example. I love him. But I don't always laugh out loud. Yeah. So, and, I, I, when I, when I, like, uh, I watched, like, Stuart Lee, I think there was a content provider I watched that I thought was unbelievable. And then there was this other, there was another one Thomas Howarth recommended to me. But uh, you, he's literally the type of comedian where, like, you just, you just, you feel bad, I think, about yourself. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's so good, like, that you're just like, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, I, there was a comedian now that reminded me of Stuart Lee Siobhan was watching earlier. I can't remember the name of him. And I was just looking at my notebook and thinking about, like, the dumb jokes I have about fucking Yoda and stuff. I was like, what am I doing with myself? I know, yeah. Stuart Lee would be one of them, where you'd appreciate it, like, an unbelievable amount but then you'd almost like uh, self-assessment gets harsher. Or something. I'm doing like jokes about pigeons. And then there's like, I've just discovered Patrice O'Neill and he's there talking about like, oh, he just does not hold back. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, Patrice was, a, when he, the moment that I love the most about his thing is that like, I'm not going to say the joke specifically because for some reason I get attached to whatever hypothetical meaning they can put on the joke. But he made a joke basically, but he, he gave the whole like, the whole um, theatre a chance to jump in and if anybody had thought about their answer it would have fucked them up and he gave everybody the chance and then uh, he just basically like won up the whole fucking play I, it's, I'll i tell you off thing okay <laughs> I know he's yeah he's brilliant um, yeah and so, like how did you get into stand up um chain reaction of things man i think i think when i or i would have loved it now like early on like really like watching to be honest at the time i was just lee evans had me rolling put it aside lee evans yeah and like he, when he just be like going doing a marathon and like this is before i did and i was like well it's just not for me like i just saw myself as worlds away and then ages later i think somebody showed me like bill burr or someone and then i just started looking for more and more and then by the time I listened to um, there's one specific Doug Stanhope album, I was like, oh my, I fucking, this is amazing. 
And the literal last thing that happened before I ever threw a shape was I watched uh, PJ Gallagher. Do you know PJ Gallagher? Yeah, I don't know him personally, but I yeah, I remember him yeah. on RTE. He had a DVD out called Just Jokes, and I watched that, and I I was like, I'm fucking jealous now because he was going off the cuff and everything, and just the whole place was just screaming, and um, yeah, I was like, right, I kind of want to throw a shape. So I don't know. It was it was. This is over the period of year. I was avo- I was avoiding it too. I was like I could never do that for about six seven years. But then just started doing deal with mics and what have you. Yeah, because I feel like I was kind of pushed into it with drama school. Uh, and I so I had like two years of just doing it for my drama school, and they loved it. Like they really liked my stand up. So I was like, because I wasn't very popular. So I was like, God, oh, these guys love me. So when I and I was like, right, I'm going to do stand-up. And I got really into it. And it wasn't until, like, after the two years and I graduated that I went out into the real world and realised, oh, hang on, I've got a lot of work to do. So how long are you... How long ago was this? Uh, how long are you doing stand-up? Um, on and off, about six years. Class. So, yeah, so drama school, that was about 2013. Unreal. I've noticed there's a few people that have, like, transitioned well into comedy from drama like that's like successfully like you can see that the skills are showing up with you know what I mean yeah and I felt but I but then at the same time I don't think I've really grew into stand-up until last year because I had so much like I had to find myself like I just wasn't very confident so yeah you had one idea maybe about what it was you maybe you're using the um, drama as like the metric if you get me yeah, comedy just felt weird because you're going off the the old. Because they said to us in drama school, don't tell jokes, um, and they literally just taught taught us act outs. So you would do observational comedy, and then you'd go like, "Do you ever walk into a shop and and you just act everything out?" And that really worked for drama school because it was all loud and acting. And then I remember doing a gig. Well, like my first gig outside of this drama school bubble and bombing so hard. Really? Because like real people didn't like, yeah, they were like, no. <laughs> you were like all animated, but no. No structure or no jokes. Nothing funny. It's kind of a the same it's kind of like the same problem other people would have with a different face do you know what i mean like i remember i spent like months of just hands in my pockets i wouldn't even touch the microphone when i grew up and then every time i i would never have a closer or something that like there'd be momentum building to i, I would just go all right, all right thanks all right. yeah um but then you come from the other angle then where you'd have the the stage presence maybe but i was just going on whatever thought alone it's kind of like um we're working towards what the other one started with in a way, if you get me. Yeah, so we're coming from two different dynamics. Cool. That's why more there should be more podcasts, man. All the contrasts, I can't get enough of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, like impressions. I just love, again, impressions. I love impressions. But the, again, they're not on their own. I don't think they're funny. It's, um, it's a problem I don't envy. Do you know what I mean? Trying to, I, I wouldn't know how to build around that. Robin Williams does it really well. He he he'll like say, imagine if I don't know Sean Connery was in a porno, and then he goes, "I'm going to cream you like a Danish." Yeah, and he does it. He does it. 
he doesn't give you a second. Do you know, like he's like he's on impression number three by the time you've just comprehended. Yeah, and it's all part of the joke because then you're imagining these people. In I mean, my favorite time, favorite joke he ever does is Christopher Walken doing a porno, and he's like, "Hey, whoa, baby, inside you, ho." My favorite joke he ever did. I was I I can't remember. Someone sent me some compilation, and he did a joke about um fucking priests getting moved but it was like you know the carnival game where the there'll be like a ball under the three cups oh yeah and he was like on about priests getting moved to different parishes and going there it is going around, going around. <laughs> I, I fucking laughed about a month at that oh just, yeah he was, wasn't, just, he was concept alone was not enough it was him just being so like just watching him like switching these imaginary cups and shit yeah he's a fucking but, but he had the joke yeah, but what murdered it, like what the driving force behind that was how like how exaggerated it's like as if that game <laughs> ridiculous enough and it took that game and inflated it way further into ridiculousness. Like Yes. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Oh man, he's been or like he's got some great ones about like drugs and just the way he talks about like uh now now that he's old he has to take these drugs like uh, side effects may include um, gambling and uh, addiction. That's not a side effect. That's Vegas. Just take your tablets and, and just, just say, good luck. Yeah, he was just very quick, very good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely someone I like watch a lot of. Yeah, I saw a show of his or something that I must maybe go back and or maybe I watched a bit. I can't remember. But he did a show that was like two hours plus, wasn't it? Something. And, oh, wow. I think I saw that somewhere, which is fucking insane. Like, obviously, two hours plus, like, especially doing what he does. Yeah. Fucking can't even comprehend it. Like, he's just go, go, go. Yeah, he's really good. Um, are you watching anyone at the moment? Um, and let me think. I watched uh, the last, the what's occupying now, the last uh, stand up special that's really like uh, caught my attention that I'm still laughing at walking around and quoting when i'm just with siobhan or whatever is uh is the eddie pepitone's new one um for the masses haven't seen that one yeah man he's fucking i think he's i think he's one of the best ever i really do he's fucking i just can't even oh, i don't even you don't you've no idea what the fuck he's like he's like the tempo is changing he's shouting but he's whispering he's like it's like I think that's the key. It's like guiding you to this realization without ever. It's because something like that, you know what I mean? It's it's fucking brilliant. I think that's the key with shouting on stage is not to actual shout, but to kind of have a jokey shout. Yeah, like he's fucking. He'd be shouting and then he'd stop and say, "I know I look ridiculous now," or something, you know, like or it, it's fucking brilliant. It's it's absolutely hilarious. Like he um. You actually just don't stop laughing. Like, he just comes out first sentence, you're laughing, and you barely get a breath then for like an hour. But I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's all subjective. So don't worry. We'll, we'll get there, Jack. We'll get there. <laughs> One day, man. It's Give just 30 years. That's the sad thing I keep thinking about, too. It's like, before, how, like, how long do you could do the comedy you want? And, like, is that ever, is that a realistic destination ever? That's a good question. I think it is. I feel like I'm slowly you, you, morphing like, into the comedy I want, want to do. You think that one day you'd be like content? Like you'd be like happy with it? Uh, yeah, I think so. 
I'd like I'd like to think so. I've wrote jokes that I because um I, I feel like Jim Carrey really speaks to me as well. Oh man, he's fucking that whatever special it was where he's wearing that shirt where he looks like the the Windows logo. Yes, Microsoft Windows. He, like that is the when he just introduces himself and like I'm ready to go. And he just, he's just so fucking funny, man. Uh, yeah, and I feel like yeah, I feel like I've wrote stuff, but I'm like, oh, there's no gigs for me to try this. Yeah, that's man. I'm fucking. I'm really looking forward to the to the twenty third. It's actually just trippy to even think about it, like an actual stage. Actually, get to try shit out. Um, I guarantee you, there's going to be some unexpected like speed bump. Do you know what I mean? Where it's going to be, I don't know, maybe like some fucking first gig vibe has come back around yeah bonk. but i can't wait to try shit out too yeah that's why i said to you and the other lineup i said maybe we should do a rehearsal or just something just to to get that muscle going again yeah absolutely man it's not a bad idea just throw some shit out um because like you've had like it's not like you you kind of dip your toe in the just see if something's working or that topic or that direction does that work you we, we're literally going in essentially blank like I yeah. would everybody's doing new shit like I would i'm gonna hope... be throwing you into the deep end and be like right there you go <laughs> yeah i would hope everybody's uh got something that like you know when the, that just came to them during the break that they're excited to try um yeah yeah i think it'll be well mostly my job will to be build the atmosphere and get everybody just chilled just get everyone like I, have you ever done... Oh, no, you have. D- Comedy Gold. Yeah. Yeah, Comedy... Oh, my God. Emily's brilliant. And she just... I don't know how she does it, but she just gets the audience so... The atmosphere is amazing. If I can get it like that, I'd be I'd be laughing. Not even just jumping on what you're saying here. I actually remember that as, like, a factor of when I went there. I was like, this feels awesome just in here. The room is, like, uh, in the same room. The... I don't know where it was. Upstairs in the back of some place. Of uh, the Button Factory. Yeah, that was just yeah. it was unreal. And the yeah, that's that's the goal is to get the audience because if you get them warm then and chilled and laughing, then my work as an MC is done because then everyone's happy. I yeah, mean, and, not and, well, always an easy job. You will have a significant advantage, I'd imagine, with the like how pumped, like even the excitement that like people will just have from going out to see comedy. That there is a wave there to be caught and ridden, like you know, yeah. Not to give you that's not to tell you don't try or something, obviously. But I mean, you have that on your side as well. Momentum's in your favor, like after such a comedy drought. Uh, I guarantee it'll be a hoot and it'll sell out too. We hope so. Um, we'll, sure. that's what we'll sell it like. You know, you're desperate for comedy because <laughs> we got some comedy, <laughs> the 23rd. You uh, you dying for a drink? Sorry, what are you saying? When we were talking about uh, comedians as well, actually, the last fella I have to tell you to look up is a fella that I'm fucking blown away with. It's Donnell Rawlings. Did you ever hear him? No, I haven't. Oh, man, he's fucking... I saw Netflix threw up that, like, The Degenerate Season 2 or whatever, and I just put it on playing, and I did. the only one I knew, I think, might have been, like, Jim Norton. Okay. I played through them all, and the two that had me fucking screaming the most... Just bro- I mean, that's that's a bit harsh. I can't even single out two, but two that like I loved were like Miss Pat. I don't know if you've heard and Donnell Rawlings. The two of them just had. Me. I've heard. I have not heard these. You need to send me these. 
Yeah, man, it's fucking Donnell Rawlings. I swear he's fucking it, literally, literally probably faster than Robin Williams. Really? That well, it feels that way. He might be really good at making it seem that way, but he's just fucking non-stop energy, like fucking sprinting, screaming, fucking. Oh my god! Yeah, he's he's just fucking something else. See, I actually saw a video of myself. My I think my last gig I did was in London. And I took my time, like, like I tell a joke and then I'd have that, that just like pause in the, in the middle, like the air would slowly leave and then I'd go again. So yeah. over lockdown, I've been trying anyway to just get the, like land the joke, keep the air in the set, land the joke, keep the air, do not let it out. Like, like just keep the ball up. Yeah, I know exactly. I'm to see that sometimes I've gone and tried to do something I mean this is like an early day fucking mistake like I mean I don't think I've done it any time recent that I can remember but um, trying to go at it faster than you know you're able to and then you're setting yourself up because you might have thought of the next bit or the closer or whatever it is in like an adequate amount of time but because you were going so fast you made it look slow that it took you to get onto your last do you know what I mean? That your segue onto your last bit. So to have the, like to have the thing burnt into your head basically before you go fast is like what I found to be quite important. Because like I'd write shit down and then I'd go so fast that like I'd make my own joke implausible by going past a certain part. Right. So the rhythm was almost too I've definitely done that where I'm trying to go faster than I need to. Cause um because so... what, what what who was saying this? Jerry Seinfeld was on about rhythm. Music and stand up are linked because there's a rhythm to punchline stand up or punchline joke. Yeah, there's a rhythm in, or even George Carlin talks about rhythm. And when you watch him back, he has it's almost like he's singing, you know, when he's talking, when he says there's seven words you can't say on the on TV sets. Yeah, he's yeah, it's fucking perfect. It, it really, he he knew he, he was kind of. It felt like free, like for how do a free falling for a second, you know what I mean? Where he'd like da 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 da, and then he'd catch the laugh at the like just as it's about to get to like under where her, the highest punch of it is, yeah. Like, and then he could the go, back he could go da 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 da, yeah. Like there was a rhythm, and he does talk about it, yeah. Oh, I wish, yeah, if I could, if I had a power where I could summon ghosts, I'd summon. <laughs> All yeah. the great comedians. Have your advisor. Just keep him in the gas. I'd have him hanging around. <laughs> I imagine coming back from gigs, and he'd be like, "How did the gig go?" I'd be like, "Ah, oh, George, I don't think that that pigeon bit worked. I told you, it doesn't have a, a good punchline." Could you imagine him being like relentless, looking at your notebook, and he'd be like, "George, and you, you should be so ashamed." He'd be like, "I'm so sorry." He's like, "What the fuck are you doing yeah. to my?" This is not political enough. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, what? What is banana yazoo? And you're like, uh, see, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd, uh, yeah, I uh, would want, yeah, I'd be afraid to let him down. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a fucking high bar. He would, but he, yeah, uh, he had great love for the craft. I'd like to think, anyway. Yeah, he'd probably be endeared to our helplessness. That might be the silver lining there. Yeah, he'd probably he'd probably stick around for Ben and be like, "All right, these are lost causes." <laughs> Possibly. 
And then he goes, I'm sending Richard Breyer. Pryor. Oh, you fucking imagine. Man, could you imagine what it was like to see him live? Like, mother of God. I know. I hear he used to, like, turn up, like, an hour late to his gigs. And so the crowd were not on his side. And he'd win them over. You just, just for extra fun, like, just, like, betting on yourself, like Michael Jordan. Maybe. He just, I don't know what he'd do, but he, he'd get them over. That's what I heard, anyway. Yeah, like the first. Do you have you have you ever seen um live on the Sunset Strip? No. Oh, man, mother of God, it'll change. Like 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 after you watch it, your life will be split into two parts before and after it. Like, it's that. It's that. Well, I found it that fucking funny. I don't know. Like, see, you might have missed your your window, your peak window of opportunity for it, but it caught me at the right year of my life, right moment. And I, I mean, I couldn't even watch it in one go. I was laughing. How do you mean? Like, it, it's just so personal that he just talks about his problems, is it? Just, uh, I mean, going on about fucking, like, being married and just the way he's trying. It just, oh, man, just everything. Talking about discovering masturbation when fucking every bit of it is just hysterical. Like, it's I, all... I think I can still relate to all this stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> no, like I, I don't know how old I was when I saw it. you'll definitely relate but I don't know what the fuck it just caught me at the perfect perfect time and I found it by accident I think that like I was looking up like I knew Richard Pryor was if you ask people who was the best comedian ever like he'd come up like X amount of times so I knew the name was bobbing around but I didn't know anything about him and then uh, I searched it on YouTube and somebody had put it up just like a few hours before and I watched it and then when I went back like the next time to see it again or whatever it was delicious yeah, I got really lucky because I, I wouldn't have fucking, you know, I was just watching whatever I could find on YouTube and shit. But man, it's just fucking odd. Oh, right, I'll have to find a copy then. Or it's probably around. Oh, it's madness. When I, when I first watched Bill Hicks, I he makes stand-up so easy. I was like, ah, sure. Oh, how? Ah, that's easy. Like, because he's so good at it. Yeah. It's fucking... Yeah, um, I was actually thinking about him the other day randomly because I don't know what was there some post or something that came up, but he um I was thinking about his family. Would they have been the perfect catalyst to make to make like you know what I mean? It was like it was like, everything was exactly how it had to be to make him be Bill. Do you know what I mean? Because of what he went on about, like, but why would that have been the I I, I don't know. I was trying to think what would have motivated him to go that direction because he very easily could have just like been silly and directionless and just like... Yeah. I I remember watching a documentary about him. I think I only watched the first like 20 minutes. But he was doing stand-up when he was in school and he was doing okay things like, you know, silly stuff. But then he got... The first time he got drunk was when he got really direct and talked about like everything and that's when he was like, oh, hang on. I think this is my comedy. Yeah. May I, can, I can vaguely remember that as well, that documentary. Uh, that I think that he went from literally ne- have, never having a drink to, like, fucking raging on drink, like, like down in seven margaritas, his first open mic, and then he was just going fucking crazy. I think it's, like, psychedelics that really, like, I don't know. Is is shit around psychedelics is just like fucking. Oh yeah, that's a great test. Just um, like when he, 
I actually think it was in his biography, but I always remember this as one of the funniest jokes. But I think they were walking out like to go for a walk, taking mushrooms or something, and he took he picked up the globe in his friend's house, and his friend was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, "In case we get lost." That was in his biography. Oh. I thought that was the funniest shit ever. And the um, <laughs> the, the other fucking you know what the news bit or something. I don't want to fucking oh yeah, but, like uh. All matter is energy condensed. To a, you know what he's on about the news. Here's Tom with the weather. Yeah, that's fucking. I love when he talks about drugs and he says like, uh, you know, they always say drugs are bad. Uh, they always hear about these these uh, stories like, uh, idiot thought he could fly, jumps off yeah. building. Yeah. Well, if he thought he could fly, why didn't he take off from the ground? <laughs> we lost the moron. Yeah. Oh, we lost another fucking moron. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fucking brilliant. To be fair, I feel like uh, we're definitely clued in with stand up. We're looking in the right places for inspiration. You think, or yeah, I think so. But then at the same time, like we talked about Carlin, I actually I love him, but I find when I watch him, I can't write because I only think like him. Then and everything is political. And ugh, it's, yeah, I start writing like he would because I'm I've got him in my head. If you get me, that is a fucking a real problem. I mean, you can look around and see comedians, and you know who they fucking watch, like from the way they write. I've fucking I've I'm constantly worried about it. Like if I watch too much of this one fucking person, does the thing take a similar like template or something? Do yeah, know? or even rhythm. I wrote a new bit about weed. And I can even see, like, okay, right, you are stealing Carlin's, just kind of, <laughs> you're channeling him. I, I was so afraid of this at the start that I was like, I thought about, you know, I, I, I thought I was making, like, the most educated guesses on what shit would be like that I could. And I started trying to do loads of different shit as quick as possible and never doing the same set twice. But I now see the benefit of going the opposite way. And like, if you immediately write like your 10 to 15 and then get that to like this stupid standard and then start again, it's easier to make that high elevation again, as opposed to me running through like disposable fucking bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I like, but I thought, you know, I, I did whatever I did. I thought writing like loads of different shit and trying loads of different shit was the, the way, but that's what I did at the beginning. I'd have a new yeah. set every time I went on stage. And sometimes I wouldn't even rehearse it. I'd be like, right, oh, I'm going to talk about this and just get up. Yeah, the worst thing is when you find the benefit in not doing that. If you ever get stung a few times from like doing it early on, from try- like, I actually would be better off sometimes with like five words than like having written it and then had an idea about what way. Like at the start now, obviously, I feel it like as time goes on, like you just get it out in a few A4 pages or something and just read through it a few times and you kind of, you, you can fucking bring that to stage. But if I tried that early on, I used to get fucked up by like, I don't know, mixing them up a bit and what have you. So bringing up the five like topics and I'll actually just talk about the topic broadly and then the, the delivery mechanism itself is just my natural way of talking. Yeah. That's yeah. What, that's the way I went to start. Yeah. That's what I did as well, really. I didn't write it word for word. I mean, I still don't. Yeah. I, or I will. Or some, well, I do now. I write the jokes out. But, yeah, I kind of write it now. I kind of write it out and then kind of learn it. Okay, go over. Okay, these are the jokes. 
but then talk to the audience like they're people. Yeah, even like this, it, it's actually that's a fucking huge thing when you realize that that like three or four words, like, hey, isn't it like this? You like that, don't you? Well, isn't this like this? And that just changes everything. Suddenly, it's not like, uh, hey, I noticed this thing. It's uh, oh, I'm saying it, and the reason why I'm saying it is because she said, like, you know, if it's just an audience member that says whatever the fuck it is, like she's drinking yeah. Diet Coke or something, and you have a joke about fucking Diet Coke, if you link that to the fact she's drinking the thing, well, then, like, it's like you just, you get away with all the, the, the there's no bump into the segue, do you know what I mean? There's like, yeah, it's more smooth. Smoothly, and it looks off the cuff, then the whole thing you say goes under that context and gets delivered, yeah. So it's like the best fellas you see around Dublin, you've seen, like, they're the fellas that, like, um, well, the ones I noticed early on that were fucking murdering. They're, like, fellas that make the audience think they did it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever see that? And, like, um, I've seen know. a few comedians pull that out of the bag. They say, oh, hey, you look like this. Actually, I grew up on a farm. Sorry, say it again, sorry. They'll go, oh, you look like... You've never been on a farm in your life. I grew up on a farm. And then they have their material. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, even just, like, broad fucking, like, where do you work or whatever? Or where are you from? And then, like, they'll go, oh, class deadly, whatever. And you don't even realize that they're, it's like flipping through a deck of cars looking for the one you want. Do you ever notice that with people? Like, they might go, like, four or five people. And then they get the answer they want. And then they do the bit. But you don't even fucking realize they were just, like, scouting for the answer they want. Yeah. But it wasn't even about you. Sorry, wasn't even about you. Yeah, exactly. You think you're fucking? Uh, you don't even notice. Like he's like, "Where are you from?" It's like, "No, where are you from?" No, no. Oh, where are you from? Where are you from? And then you get the, "Oh, I was in Scotland." <laughs> like whatever it is, you know. And then they're gone. You could just basically go, "Are you? Have you ever been to Scotland?" No. Well, I was. <laughs> like do that. Like I mean, we, we might be like fucking impatient or something, but the best people that I've seen. That like, you know, like they they make everybody make it all look off the cuff and they make it look like they only thought of it because of that person. And then the whole fucking thing, you don't even realize what you just watched is rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, even like Stuart Lee, he said something, somebody heckled him when I went to see him live. And he said, listen, I'm just trying to pretend. Can we pretend like it's the first time I'm saying these things? <laughs> yeah. I think the best segue I've ever seen is, do you know this guy called Spencer Jones? Uh yeah, absolutely. He, he's my favorite comedians. He's brilliant. Like I saw him actually at Ashling B. I followed her on Twitter, and she said, "Oh, I'm going to see Spencer Jones." So I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go to that show because I have nothing to do." Um, and I went to see Spencer, and I was like, "Oh my god, like who is this guy?" Um, but I love his. I think the best segue he go does is he just does this bit and he just goes, "Well, that's that bit." Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Done. Yeah. His whole fucking I remember I remember seeing himself and um Terry Alderton and people and you'd just be like what you'd be like, what the fuck? For the listeners who don't know, this guy comes out Spencer comes out in an oversized blue blazer with like shoulder pads and white tights, so you can see his bulge. And I'll tell he... you like not to say too much about his act, but there's almost there's nothing you could do. To make him not worth seeing. Yeah. And he's kind of like a Mr. Bean character. Because he doesn't really talk. He kind of talks like this. Isn't he? What? Fucking that shit. Oh, you'd be fucking into hysterics. I actually... I, I, I remember the first time... Um, 
I saw him. He was. Uh, I was just going to a show because fucking Richie was on it, opening for him or something. Oh yeah, oh, your mate is this? Yeah, Richie in Dublin. You know Richie She. Yeah. He was on before him, and I had no idea who he was. Like I just went like supporting a friend, and fucking when he came out that initial minute, like it, it was just. He had this loud song playing and he hopped out in time to when it dropped kind of and it was the funniest fuck i swear i, I did not it caught me pure off guard like okay. I, I think spencer because again on the open mic it'd be lads practicing jokes spencer turns that upside down he doesn't do jokes he just it's more theatrical oh you can't even uh, he's one of a kind it feels like and you can't even what what the fuck is it like how would you even you're dead, like, yeah, it's not, like, set up punchline. It's fucking... No, he's there taking cleaning products out, and he's put googly eyes on them. Oh, it's, imagine, it's off the fucking charts imagination. It's... I saw a really good... Because, you know, Soho Theatre in London? Yeah. They do now, like, a Soho Theatre iPlayer. But they have these two guys called the Pajama Men, and there's these two... They're basically, a, like, a sketch group. They wear pajamas, and they act out silly characters. They right. were very good. I've never heard of them. I didn't either. But then Soho put up a clip and it was just like, the both of them are pretending to be on an airplane and he one of the guys pretends to be like an old woman and he's like, excuse me, I, I've never been on an airplane before and I'd like to use the window seat. And then the other guy's like, no problem at all. I fly all the time. And he's got like his hands on his lips like he, it's a mustache. And they're just acting as these crazy characters. It's it's mad how broad the umbrella, like ever, like comedy is. Umbrella of comedy goes, isn't it? Where you like can like if you if you were to think of like the most different, like like there's that all the way to like, you know what I mean? Who who the fuck like already who we've spoken about are worlds apart. Like yeah, like I feel it's kind of like a celebration of that person. And their humor, man, yeah, that's the best, uh, the best fucking. As I feel like I wouldn't be alone in this opinion, but when somebody gets like the the harmony with like their own shit, plus their writing ability meets perception, once there's like a little yeah. force, all those going on, it's the best, uh, the best shit you can imagine. Have you ever seen um, a fella called Felipe Esparza? No. Yeah, he's another fellow I found recently. You, you need to send me a massive list. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Fucking man, I watched him recently. He's just fucking hysterical too. I, I, I'm, I don't even like it. He's um, he's a Mexican, but his like shit's hilarious anyway. And then like when he exaggerates his delivery, I don't know. He's fucking he's just brilliant. And he. He's just, yeah, you can tell the guys who were good. You kind of, I don't know about you, like, but he, I had to learn like about. Thoughtful anyway, you know what I mean? And then it's like when you get the like Mexican kind of, I love accents to be honest. Like I, I don't know what the fuck I'm drawn towards like New York kind of a Boston-y fucking, that just makes shit funnier. What, like Bill Burr? Yeah. like Everything it, he says, oh God. Like, <laughs> Like some of them fucking accents that people are, like. There's a fella I watch a clip of called you know Chris Chris um Chris De Stefano. Do you remember him? No. 
God, I'm so out of touch. I only know the greats. Obviously, just fucking monkey barring through different worlds, I guess. I just, I don't even know how this came up. I think I'd be like, I just, first of all, I was always like, um, I always like lean towards like for some reason the comics to come out of New York, and then I came across that story, and it's just him going on about like what he remembers about nine eleven, and it's just I, 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 I hang on, hang on, you sent me this, yeah, this guy. yeah, yes, I did watch him, fucking hysterical. I don't know why the fuck accents like you know. Well, remember, I, Jack, you've got an Irish accent. Yeah, I mean, fucking, I need to go somewhere where like I'm, like I mean, I'm hoping outside of Ireland. My accent might be grand, but I feel like in Dublin now, I'm like, you know, I, I can feel the word bogger when I'm fucking talking it shit. Well, then lean into it. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, hey. When I get on stage, all, all of a sudden my, you know, uh, that little bit of culture is there in the voice. It was a long way, actually, in, uh, in Dublin. Because uh, that's who you are. And other cultures can agree. Oh Jesus! Look at Jackie's up there now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking. Um, it'd be a hit with the college students. A little like uh, reminds them reminds them of home. They'd be like, or then the dubs be like, oh Jesus, he's so sexy there with his culty accents. <laughs> yeah, like they they fucking they don't think you're like a couple of hours down the country. They think you're like a couple of decades. They think you're in another cult- country. Oh yeah, you're like something out of fucking reeling in the ears. And like, what is it about New York comics that you like? Like, is it the energy or? I I I fucking I'm always asking myself that. I don't know. Was um, I saw Joey Diaz going about a thing before. I think he's from like New Jersey or something. But I think it might be the same kind of a like the store like the evolution of like you know fellas just shooting the shit and it like at like the deli. That's the way Joey Diaz goes on about it at the deli, whatever. And he goes, if you fucking speak, you better have something good. To say. So I don't know what the fuck it is. Their ability to like recall shit. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like because it's, I've actually thought about this like briefly when I'm just fucking like you know out of my head or whatever. But fucking did, did the the pop population being so condensed speed up the evolution of storytelling? That's what I've been thinking about. You know hang, I mean? hang on, in America. In New York, specifically. Do you know what I mean? Because there's so many fucking people, like, do you know what I mean? There's, like... Right. I was thinking about that, like, over time, would that accelerate, like... Like, if I, I fucking... I don't think there's much, like, you know... I mean, it depends what the fuck you want from comedy, but the comedy that I fucking love, genuine... Like, it's, like, usually coming out of, like, New York. Interesting. Interesting. I I don't know where my comedy. I think it's all over. Yeah. I think yeah. I like French. I see, I like... I see you saying like L.A. is your fucking. I don't know if anymore. I don't know who the fuck is there, but I know like I associate Jim Carrey with L.A. and Robin Williams. I could be right. Yeah, he's San Francisco, and so it's like California. So see, I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, I feel like you could. No, yeah, well, I, I could with the. I think my energy. You know, I did a gig, a Zoom gig, for India recently. Yeah, I saw the the video you made for that. That's mental. Yeah. Oh, they asked me to do that. They go, "Can you do one? And can you like be outside? Because like that's really exotic for us." I was like, "Yeah, in like Ireland." I was like, "Yeah, of course." So I did that one, and 
then I, so I did the gig and I think I was well received Class. because I wrote I wrote jokes about like Tinder and girlfriends and I talked about weed as well uh, I mean I mentioned Dublin at one stage about the page, about the seagulls and as soon as I started talking about it they were like I could tell I lost them they were like what the fuck so I was like so I just moved on but yeah. I think I was well received I feel like the energy was good so I was like oh that's good because if I can make people in India laugh <laughs> yeah that fucking that's a that's a cool little fucking thing to know or to have to recall upon Exactly, because I felt as well when I first started on the Irish scene, I was doing so much Mayo material, and I really wanted to get away from it. Yeah, because you know that it's only it's got like a fucking, you know, what I mean, there's a radius on how far it'll work. Exactly, like and and dubs were like, "What are you talking about? What? <laughs> yeah, what do you want to?" Yeah, I, I knew I could only do that for so long. I was like, right, I need to get away from that. Yeah, I, I fucking, I've thought about that a bit myself because I had like, um, I think I had like a good few things. I might be wrong, but I think I had a good few things where I was like, you couldn't bring this anywhere. And I always feel like if I, you know, you'd always be kind of like planning, oh, I'll go off somewhere, do a few spots, or like wherever the fuck. Um, whenever it's back up, I'm hoping like, you know, to get abroad and try something out and I feel like I'll have to take a whole new approach otherwise I'll fucking shit badly yeah well when I did my gig in London everybody was very very good and I was shitting it I was like what if I'm not good enough um how did it go then they were just I don't know they were just so on point yeah and which was funny because when I did it before in London I think these guys were just these guys have been doing it for a long time. So that yeah, they were just on point. And and then we went into lockdown. So I had a lot to think about. I was like, right, I, I just about got by, like I was okay. My jokes were, were good enough. Maybe the Irish element as well kind of got yeah. me. Cause the crowd was tough. They were harsh. One guy got on before me and he bombed. So I was like, fuck. But yeah, I got got that there. Really so that no, is, shut up, Siri. That is really laughing at me there because that guy bombed. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, Jack, you were an idiot. Sorry, it's Siri. Oh yeah, you were so bad at stand up. You will never be as good as Tommy Turner. Shut up, Siri. Our monologue. Um, no, I, 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 that's it's good and fucking it's um like this might be. I hope this actually works to make my point. But I remember when I was like young and I was playing hurling, like we live in like a village and like we're playing hurling and shit. And we used to be like, the teams from the city would always like fucking wreck the place. Do you know what I mean? They were like, when you'd be like getting to the end of the year or whatever, there's like finals on or you're playing, like you're playing them. There'd be certain teams you're like, yeah, well, we're having a fucking hope. Like if we're, if we're honest, like I'm sure managers are getting upset hearing you say that, but we would all be there talking to each other. Yeah, we're going to, they're going to rearrange our lives on Saturday. That's right. How, that's how good they are. That's the way we used to think. And I used to always be thinking, like, well, how the fuck are they like out of this world, like the Avengers? And we're like fucking, you know what I mean? We're we're like I don't know, whatever. Fucking. You were saying like, why aren't we good? Why aren't we like this? No, but like it was like we couldn't be that good. It was so fucked up. Like you, they'd be talking like. We'd be playing a team and, like, everyone on my team would be talking about, like, nine out of their 15 and going, yeah, well, the seven of them there play for Waterford 
uh, the other two uh, fucking didn't bother or something, whatever, like, you know, and then they're all uh, brothers and yeah, their father just uh, fucking bred them for hurling. And we're just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. We're just doing this because we've nothing to do. And I used to always be wondering why the fuck, like what, like what's going on with that? Like, but it's because we have fuck all to do. So the people that could fall into the thing are just like, yeah, I'll just fucking do this. Like, I mean, and then in the city, they're like, they're only doing it if it's the thing they want to do most because because there's such demand. Yeah, so it, like it's fucking purer in a way, in a, respectively, if you can say that. Like you mean, you know what I mean? They they wanted to play hurling more on a, on a higher percentage than all of us. They were like the lads that like that was their first choice out of everything they could. Do. Yeah, we were just like hanging. I have a feeling that's the same thing. If, not the same, but if you play apply that same like shape of thought to comedy, when you go over to London, that's what you experience. Yeah, well, Where I actually knew people. the guy. I was very lucky to get the spot. I I didn't bomb, like I did. I did good. So, thank God. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the same. Like these guys were just. It's good though. You want to be the fucking worst in the room, for sure. Yeah, because then you learn. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I mean. It might, like, I mean, either way has their benefits for X amount of time, but you don't want to get fucking, I don't know. Don't want to bomb too much. False perception of yourself if you're at this fucking quiet thing a lot or whatever. And uh, and then you go somewhere else and you get like, you're like, Jesus. Yeah, it's a different world. Definitely. And, uh, like, even, like, especially on the Dublin circuit, like, you could be smashing it on the Dublin circuit, but I'm always thinking at the back of my mind, Edinburgh. Wait till we get to Edinburgh. Yeah, I've actually fucking. I was really. I was gonna go over this year, like for just fucking not to do a show, but I mean, the, like the best version of myself, like me and Siobhan were talking about maybe doing a split show or something. But the best version of myself might have been doing a split show at it. But um, it went on like I nah, just all the shit came up, so I was aiming to do something like go over for a week or two get my fill of inspiration as I was putting it and then try and do a few spots to see. And I think that's the safer way because I wouldn't be a hundred percent confident going over with a show having never gone abroad. Oh man, you need to see Edinburgh first. Yeah. And then being committed to like something like, I don't know, 14 half hours in two weeks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. A nightmare. Because I, I first went to Edinburgh in 2014. Ah, cool. So I've, I, oh my God, when I was, you bring a show. No, I, I've never brought a show. I've only gone to view it. All right. But when I first went over, I was like, "How in God's name will I ever come here? It is so competition is crazy. Ideas are mental. People like like the street art is so confident. Like there's these two that dress up as a penis and a vagina and they fight." <laughs> <laughs> And then I went over last year and I was like, okay, I can definitely bring something. I just need to keep working hard. I just need to keep smashing it out. So I was going to bring a show this year, but then obviously the old Corona. Oh, yeah. The fucking, the hot topic now for the 23rd. Everybody's going to have a Corona bit. I have one joke and then I'm like, right, I'm done. That's it. I'm not talking about it anymore. (laughs) One, One 20 minute joke. One yeah, one, one set. Um, no, it'll it yeah. I get it out of the way, and then I'm like, right, let's 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 move on. Yeah, that, that but, 
definitely check out Edinburgh next year. Sorry? Definitely check out Edinburgh next year. Yeah, I'll def- I mean, some fucking comp show or something, do you know what I mean? Where, like, um, like, I don't know what fucking... Free fringe. I don't know what timeline we're looking at for getting the go-ahead for, like, comedy as it was. But, like, I don't know, maybe some comp show or something. That'd be fucking handy, like, to have rotating comedians from Ireland and spots for, like, you know, new people where you could do, like... I don't know how long a thing is, like, 50 minutes. I know that the lads did... um. A few people did a comp show thing and they had spots to give away. That, that'd be a fucking handy. That could be cool. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, you could just fucking, even people you don't know just kind of rotate and just fucking word them out kind of. Be like, might be the funnest format, really, for your first year. Because I have a feeling if I go over and try and do a fucking, like a solo show is just a ridiculous thought, in my opinion. For, for no, I wouldn't. I do, I, I'm going to do a split show first. Even a split show, I, I, I fucking. I don't know, maybe, but I like my, the ideal thing. I think would be just having like a ten to fifteen spot per day there, and then you have spots to give out, and then you just you can fucking swap the people and shit too, you know. So you could end up like averaging like two, three a day or something. I don't know. Yeah, that might be the best way. But if I were to do a fucking, I, I like I'd imagine there's a stamina issue that I'm fucking gonna encounter too. If you're doing half hour a day after all your flyering and shit, I actually think that it might fuck you more than you'd realise. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if you flyer for two hours. Yeah. Flyering's quite boring as well. But it's crucial. It's a fucking nightmare. But the only thing about Edinburgh is everybody will be, like, ready to receive flyers. Yeah. Like, I was flyering down Grafton Street one day and everyone's like, "What? Are you? No, I'm like, what is this?" But I was, I was learning to get the flyers into their hands. Oh, yeah, I'm fucking very bad at it, man. I'm, I'm like, I was on um Shop Street in Galway before, and like, I was like, "Right, here we go, momentum, momentum." I was just hopping around, and I was kind of riffing because it's the only way I could keep the energy yeah. up, kind of, and just, "Hello, sir, please take one of these. I can't go home. My kids are hungry. I need to go home. You need to take one of these." Just random, stupid, whatever the fuck. My cats are all alone, whatever. And just, I was by a shoe shop. So then I was like joking about the shoe shop. I was like, if you need comedy in shoes, and just whatever. But then after like one or two, what the fuck are you doing with yourself? Kind of stares. <laughs> you just kind of, I just kind of be like, oh, leave me go. You're going to get those. Uh, I can't. People I are going to judge you. Like, like ideally, I, I completely, if I could decide, it would be like, yeah, fuck these people. You have a show to put on. Whatever, but it just takes it out of me if I'm honest. Like, see, yeah, I think. See, I I've been in sales for years, so that yeah. part of me is dead. Yeah, I mean, I've done, I've dabbled in sales, but I'd, I'd be lying if I told you I was ever a hundred percent content doing it for like, you know, it was just forced kind of. You you learn your shit. Do you know what I mean? You you know what you had to do. You kind of you do your fucking your pitch, um, and that was just like. It was like a factory line for sales. It's just calls dropping into you. You're like, hello, what's the crack? Yeah, I'm looking at this phone. And then you're just like, right, I'll add this, I'll add that. Da, da, da. There was no... Like, if I were to knock on a door, yeah. like, give me two or three doors and my fucking energy for the day is gone. Oh, man. door door Knocking on doors is really, really hard. Uh, but I think I've trained my brain to find positivity or to, like, to find signs of potential customers so when i'm like oh I, what was i saying i was saying like do you like to laugh 
And if someone said no, my brain would go, right, well, I'm not going to convince that person. Yeah. So I'd shut down. I'd like, they just, I would just be like, all right, he, he's, they're dead to me. Do you like to laugh? Yes. Okay. We've got some comedy on tonight. And then I'd see, and then if they wanted more information, then I can obviously give it to them. But that's how I was working. Like if they, if I got a strong no, or if people kind of give you a bit of a look and like, mm, I'm like, I don't even see them anymore. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I wasn't going to win. Like there was no winning with that. Yeah. Like that's clearly the fucking, the way to go about it. When I'm just like, put that aside, they're gone next. Like yeah. fucking, I, uh, the last time I, well, not the last time, but one time I was maybe in Cork, I was flying, And I was trying to, I tried to do like this fucking, this jokey energetic, like it's, it is a defense mechanism. Like I don't want you to, like reject the thing so then I'm kind of like ah oh, bouncing around the road whatever and at one time I was trying to make a joke like I was like about like from coming from the angle of support my dreams or like okay right this, I can't justify this to my family and I, I I fucked up the tone and then like I actually made like a group of like fucking people go oh and I was like no 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 I'm trying to I was like you don't get it no it's this isn't real no yeah it's not real it's like I'm gonna have a good time anyway but, you know, you know, I feel I felt bad then. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> Maybe you need to... It's all about getting into the minds of them because they're the audience. So they're like, what's in it for me? Yeah. I mean, it isn't fucking impossible. I've had nights now where, like, you know, what what your, what somehow always seems to be a fucking a key in, like, the nights that, like, I've been flying for is, like, if you get a fucking group... It's like the group brings smaller groups then. You know what I mean? If, if like, couples see a big group going in or something, that just kind of, like, you literally, it's so, it's so it comes down to the one, like, flyer to that group. And if you get the 10 of them up, it's like the whole night's done. It's literally done. Right, like, yes. Most the time. Um, or I've even gone, I was flying and this girl was like, I can't because I've got a date. And I said, oh, really? Where are you guys going? And she went, I don't know. And I said, does he have any ideas? And she was like, "He, I don't think he does. And I said, bring him here. Yeah. This stand-up show will be amazing because then you'll have something to talk about. And she went, that is so good. And I was like, right. Textbook, supply and demand. Perfect. Boom. So she gave me the problem. Oh, I felt like the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. What you need is comedy. Yeah, that when he's when he fucking that that is actually the, the I always thought of that even when I was doing sales. I was like, could you imagine being like he's definitely towards a fucking psychopath? Like, do you know when he's like, uh, oh yeah, the reason for the call today, John, is because I got this news about this stock that's coming, and it's just all fucking bullshit. That's and a really I, good impression, by the way. I can't fucking do. It. Yeah, we only holding the pen, and then he's actually like, while he's like, uh, your man goes, all right, put me down for five thousand. He goes, call a ten, John. And like it's like pure like fucking like the confidence. Push, you know what I mean? He's forcing them into it. Like I'm 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 so fucked. Where like I could be like selling someone a phone, and I'd be like, I have a feeling this woman is one thousand percent sure she wants this phone right now. And then I'd be like, Nah, do you know what? You're better off. Fucking, you're the one you have is grand. Sure, yeah, like, fuck it. And then like that's my my actual income being harmed, but I just can't get past that moment. Yeah, yeah it's a weird it. moment. I get you. I understand. I always think of that fucking that movie specifically. Yeah, he, he's a master salesman. Yeah, but it's fucking. You do have to put like caring aside. Do you know what I mean? Just like it doesn't. Well, I because I've listened to I've listened to his audiobook about sales. 
and he talks yeah. about honesty and like don't ever don't sell people things that they that they like they it's not going to suit them or they don't need oh yeah like i mean i could do that for fucking something like like i could get someone interested in something and grand and happy making a thing but like to really the people i've seen that are fucking murdering sales were like they didn't give a fuck what you wanted like they were selling you this yeah when i did door to door i saw those guys yeah and i've seen those fellas that are showing up to a fucking porch in, or in a Porsche to the job that you got like fucking with zero experience like I've had a few sales jobs where it's uh, commission only so I went out for like 11 hours one day and fucking ate shit all day and I was like god, I got nothing and like, it cost me money like and I was fucking thinking about it I was like I'm not able to do this because where the difference between success and failure is overlooking what people want 100% yeah I mean I, I really struggle with them as well I couldn't force our hard sellers. Isn't that what they call it? Where you just keep coming at them. Yeah. Like fucking, it's crazy. Because I, I myself are very hard to sell to. You are. If someone knocked on my door and was like, so I used to sell flower subscriptions. So you'd sign up for this subscription and you would get flowers sent to you every week. They were £30. If someone was trying to sell me that, I would, I would look them in the eye and just go, no. You were selling that, 30 a week. Yeah, but I was selling them to very middle... This was in London. Very middle-class areas. Still, though, that's like... That's a test in itself, do you know what I mean? Sometimes when it's a fucking... Like, I had another one where it was for electric companies where, like, you know, those the new customer sign-on things. So that's, a, like, a distinct advantage. But then there's these other ones, you know, like the fucking house alarms and shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like fucking... It was... Cr- like, you're, you're, you're rocking up, right? They're planning on spending nothing... And you show up and you have to sell them this 500 euro thing and then like a monthly subscription to the line, you know, the emer- like all this shit. Like that's, I like, that's a fucking, that's, that's a task right there. Like, yeah. Especially like Irish people do not like spending money. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, if like I've got this trauma with money, if I have to spend money, I just, I feel a pain in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> And I think like London gave me that because I, I was so broke. So when I used to buy like coffee, I be, like I feel like my energy be leaving through the cards. I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> just just a, like a, a pixel just floating off. Like yeah, and I'd be making this noise as I'm paying. Like, can you just tap your cards? Like, uh. just crying. Yeah, wiping uh. wiping the card dry. Sorry, uh. but I feel so. We we talked about selling stuff that like we didn't really believe in, but then comedy which we love and we've talked about for like an hour now yeah um we can sell comedy i think it's all about selling ourselves now you if like that's a thing actually that's definitely a good point if there was a show like if i was like right i'm doing a split show with whoever the fuck and you'd really put your fucking heart soul into it then you could confidently promote the fucking thing because you're like you know i know the effort that's gone into this thing blah 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 It'd be easier to fucking sell. Yeah, we're not tricking anyone. We're not like yeah. best show of your life, and you've done no work. Like we've obviously showed that we're very passionate about the craft, and that we just want people to have a good time and see us and see us perform. Yeah. I need to look at that angle. Actually, how could it ever be bad to invite like someone down for a laugh? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I better leave them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, like, like we're we're not tricking people, so yeah. we're doing good. I think a lot of people, because I'll say to them, like, oh, yeah, I do stand-up, and they go, oh, I've never been to stand-up. And, like, it's such, I love it so much. I'm like, oh, you have to go. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. It's so much fun. It's actually fucking crazy how it, it definitely doesn't get a portion of the recognition it deserves. Especially as an art form. It's not recognized as art. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But I, I that's probably like not a fucking accident, you know what I mean? It's probably the most effective fucking uh art form for social commentary. Something could happen. You could be up there like like there are fucking people that are like intelligent enough, I guess, or like I fill my brain with so much shit that like I make myself ineligible as one of these people. But there are people that are, like intelligent enough that like, you know, something can happen at fucking six o'clock that's like nationwide news. And they could go up that night and just bring their like fucking natural intelligence to it on stage and it like benefits everyone. Yeah. That's what I think like when they're doing the budget in the doll and they're looking at arts and they go stand up comedy and they think of all the impressions. Like what other art form would do so many impressions of Leo Vadker? Like like that poor man must just <laughs> some people go, Well, going forward, I think that I bet it's just like just <laughs> kills him inside and he's like stand up comedy art and he just crosses it out and he's like no yeah like if nah. they choose if they like they if they choose they'd be like uh, yeah we want all fucking um, political satire or like social commentary in general to be done by a 16th century oil painting yeah slow like, fucking 12 months of drying coats upon coats and a technique to learn forever <laughs> like exactly and as soon as it's done then it's not a re- relevant anymore like how bad would it be if they pump money into like fucking i don't know how many comedians there are like generally i like, can fucking whatever makeshift circuit ireland has but like if all of them or like whatever percentage of them were so inclined were commenting on shit that's going on it would like accelerate like fucking I don't know like public awareness about whatever the fuck know, protests people yeah, are like, like was, I heard this comedian was, saying this no like the powers that be definitely do not want that shit they don't want fucking shared opinions no they don't want they don't like, want us preaching the truth you go up there and drop 20 minutes talking about Ireland they'd much rather you go watch the fucking Sive or the field or something in a the theatre why don't you just go around to a local fucking thing and watch Dancing, dancing in Lunasa or whatever it's called. Yeah, instead of like, oh yeah, like a nice Irish classic. Yeah. Instead you... of some madman like me and you talking, making jokes about the government. Exactly. I want you to do fucking Christopher Walken's voice while explaining what the fuck to be going on in Ireland. So you got a lot two parties. They don't like each other, but now the friends. Landlords. Oh! The landlords. <laughs> Those landlords, the tricky, they like to put up the rent. Red the quirky. The quirky like that, baby. Jack, we've been we've been rambling on for 71 minutes. Is there anything else you'd like to say before you go? Uh nothing. Just shout about the the fucking show, the 20s heard. Get tickets on your bio or my yeah. whatever the fuck or whoever's on it. Uh, that's in the Workman's Den. Safe Topics every Wednesday. Um, you can go to Safe Topics Podcast or it's on Spotify. Uh, Safe Topics Podcast. Yeah, keep Perfect. keep the keep your podcast up, 
I sure. love I love the element as well of like I feel like I'm in the room with you. Yeah, just shit talking. Like, yeah. and I love like you're you were, at one stage you were talking about some song. What was it again? It was like jump around, and yeah. you were go, you were saying something to yourself. You're like, oh, this is driving me crazy. Let's Google it. And all you can hear is the the keyboard going. Yeah, it is a I fucking all respect now because I absolutely fucking love that song. But it's just like one of the like. Maybe like three to five examples ever that song of like songs that have been that fucking successful. Like that must have been the credits or the like for sports and shit for from movies. Every it's been fucking everywhere, and it's yeah. three minutes unlike it would literally like change your life. Like like if that if if an Irish person would jump around, it would have changed the country. That's like yeah the level of that three minute thing. So isn't it a trippy thought though that like that like if you could like you want to be a comedian, you're like well. I want to. I don't want to have to worry about the outcome. So maybe I should just spend six months making beats and write a fucking song and like just the joke of it, the ridiculousness of it. Like that would be you can make that successful and then live off of this fucking song while you pursue your your trip. your comedy. Yeah, or make a nice good Christmas song. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, there's fucking. I mean, they must be eligible for a new fucking Christmas song by now. Mother, I know, like even last Christmas they were playing Christmas songs, and I was like, oh, because I felt like Chris, Christmas went so, or the year went so quick that it was Christmas again. So I was like, I'm sick of these songs already. Oh, it's a fucking nightmare. You know, you can never, you, you like, you'll never go more than ten months in your whole life without listening to Christmas songs. Not a fucking nightmare to think about. Yeah, and they're drilled into you then. The only, the only fucking new one that I can recall now, I suppose, if we tried, might think of another. But the darkness, you know, the darkness had that song. You fucking um, don't let the bells end. That's like semi new, isn't it? Oh, I don't know that one. You know, I, I'm gonna sing it because it'd be funny. You're like Christmas. Is it like <laughs> mistletoe and wine? And that's that, like, and then it's like a guitar. Going, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, that's the newest one that I can think of. That's like, you know, so there must be like fourteen years without a fucking new Christmas song. So maybe we should make a Christmas song. Fuck, we should. We need to make a Christmas rap, yo. Fuck. Santa, Santa with his ho ho hoes. Comedian's gonna make a Christmas song, and we're gonna have competition. Fuck it. One minute rap or one minute song. You can do whatever you want. I, I'm fucking serious. We need to, we, this year we make a Christmas song. And we'll come up and we'll go, we'll do a video of go like, guys, I'm so sick of Christmas songs. It's the same old 50s shit. We need something new. Oh my God. I'm actually so, I'm fucking being like, this idea is just taking my soul right now. I'm but, it's, but even like, because I, I feel like the, the songs have been around since the 50s. Sure, even Michael Bublé yeah, has a Christmas album and they're all Frank Sinatra and, you know, him jazzying up the whole song like, here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> here comes yeah, Santa. Jeez, that's tough, boy. That's a hard fucking, that's a hard listen. Can I do the same style, but a new one? Like, because it never snows in Ireland, so... I can't do White Christmas. Yeah. We need to fucking write something. We fucking, do. Like, like, yeah. We probably shouldn't talk. Someone's going to fucking listen to this now. Steal it and, like, take my fucking... Take my life. One of the comedians. And then they'll be like, guys, I'm actually so rich off those royalties. Yeah. They rebuild Trump Tower in fucking Leitrim. And we're like, that could have been us. That could have been us. But we were just... 
gossiping about it on on the podcast. It's it's so fucking ridiculous, right? That if we're we're sitting right we're sitting here right now, and I'm more confident in this Christmas song idea than my ability to write stand up being successful. That's yeah, like, that's me too. And but it shouldn't be that way. But it, it fucking it, it would definitely be easier to make a hit Christmas song than to like make it as a stand up. Well, one thing I love about being a stand up is you aren't perfect, and you can just own your mistakes, and it's funny. So I could make a really shit Christmas song. Oh man. And it'd be funny. People could laugh at it or with it. Yeah. Like I mean fucking well, it was definitely around Christmas when fucking Horse Outside came out. Well it's not even a Christmas song. But I remember being in a fucking in a pub down home in Waterford and I remember seeing the amount of people singing that and I was like, is it not is it was just I, I was tripping out on the notion that like these two lads like are wearing plastic bags. Yeah, and they're comedians as well. And it's like gone this far. Like literally every person in the place was singing horse outside. I was like, if they could see this, it'd say it'd be the trippiest yeah. thing ever. Like Well, it's it's funny, I've been listening to a lot of comedy rap recently. Right. <laughs> uh like epic rap battles. So I've been writing my own kind of like funny rap, like a parody of a rapper. Um it's still brewing. But um, yeah, I just it's thought kind of, I'd share that. I I I watched a, a little bit of that, but I can't remember the guy's name. But there was one fellow that was a fucking teacher, and like all the rest of them had like whatever kind of like clothing on, you know, like snapbacks and fucking. They all looked fairly similar, but he was wearing a suit and he had a briefcase, and he just rapped from the angle of that he was like the rap teacher, or so, like you know, and he was there to like teach everyone. And he was just fucking wrecking the place. Purely comedy, but like the skill obviously to match, but the comedy angle fucking murdered. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could do some like epic rap battle comedian style. Oh, we all get up and just... I have a fuck... I, I, I have enough trouble. Could you imagine if we had to make this rhyme too? I'd be a fucking... I know. <laughs> You're so shit on stage. You give me so much rage. Yeah. See, like, I, like, what the fuck do you do now? Like, you're, it's such a bot, and you have to hop, skip, and fucking jump through all these words. How the fuck could you do it? Like, I know. How does Eminem do it? Yeah, he's a fucking. He just bends it. He's kind of like a kid that cuts his, like, brings scissors to the jigsaw. That's the way he is with rap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because sometimes the stuff doesn't even rhyme, but yeah, it does. I watched the, the. There was like a thing. They were like trying to show showcase his skill I guess and they were like rhyme orange and then he fucking he said like my orange my my four inch orange door hinge but the way he said it at all like he bent he bent it into fucking rhyming do you know what I mean? Oh that's good. Yeah. He's a fucking he's a lyrical master as they say Jack. He fucking literally is right. We are on seventy nine. I'm gonna we're gonna have to let you go but Australian definitely get you back yeah man glad to be on it was a hoot yeah I, I knew uh, I was after listening to your podcast I was great I'm getting them on next yeah, week I hope, fucking, I hope uh, there was some little nuggets of uh, worthwhile shit coming out of my rambles there in the last hour <laughs> uh, I think all of it was we're just good I feel like the first bit was like stand up stand up stand up and then we just kind of talked and there you go that was the Jack Harrigan chat he's a great guy Really funny guy, really funny comedian. 
Check him out on Instagram. It's basically just Jack Horrigan. That's his name. And I'm going to link his podcast, Safe Topics, in the bio. Again, guys, thanks so much for listening. If it wasn't for you, there'd be no podcast. Or there would be, but it would have zero listens. I think I'd record it anyway, you know. Because I just love talking so much. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Have a good week. Try to have a very happy few days. I'm going to remind myself to fight to put a beta. Hi to bite to face of all to bite. Hi to four. Sorry, I'm such a mumbler. I was going to say, I was, I'm going to record my next episode and talk about Rascal Comedy, the new show I created about three months ago online. That's the next episode. So I will see you then.